Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of the Comedy Bureau Field Report. The Comedy Bureau Field Report is a member of the Believe podcast family. That is B L E A V. Uh, that's why it might say on your favorite podcast platform uh, that the name of the show is Bleed in the Comedy Bureau Field Report. Um, honestly, I don't even know if that's true or not because I haven't checked in a really long time. But if it is, I did not choose that name. That is my podcast network that gets me ads sometimes. And uh, I mean, you know, I make fun of it sounding like the word believe, but maybe it's like like a, a weird mispronunciation of the word beef. Like that, I obviously it's just trying to sound him, but in either case, I'm going to stop talking about it um, and get on to this <laughs> week's guest uh, who is an amazing musician, an amazing comedian and amazing person behind the scenes and all three together. Um, please get up for Caitlin Cook. Hello. <laughs> Thanks I- for having me, Jake. No problem. Thanks for joining us. Um, as your, <laughs> you you asked if I uh, there was going to be too much noise because there's construction uh, going across the street from your apartment. Mm-hmm. I am literally outside in a place called Industry City, so we'll see how that goes. Yep. Um, I'm just enjoying the 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 benefits of technology that I could just record a podcast and annoy people outdoors. <laughs> and it's exactly. all yeah, yeah. amazing. So how are you? I'm good. Um, I was just saying that I feel like New York before the pandemic was about 11 days in one day. That was, that's just like living in the city is 11 days in one day. Right. And then the pandemic happened and it felt like half a day in one day or something. And now... I'm at this pace where it is 16 days in one day or 19 days. It's a lot, a lot has, a lot happens every day and I'm very busy and I have to remind myself, this is fun and I like this. Right. (laughs) These are all things that I want to be doing and I'm happy that I'm doing and I'm trying to take moments of, for gratitude because I am really like, I really do love all the things I'm doing. It's just a, a lot of things. Sure. Do you ever get the sense that this bordering on Stockholm syndrome? (laughs) <laughs> a little bit <laughs> <laughs> I, ran a little. A, I ran into a comedian at Union Hall a couple of days ago and I think they were just they were also drunk but they were like yeah I'm like hurting myself by living here yeah yeah um, I take on too much the power of no is what that book should have been instead of the, the power of yes right. uh, there's just too many things all the time Oh, yeah. So many things. (laughs) All the things. And the thing I've noticed about New York, and will this develop into a premise into a joke? Who knows? (laughs) Is there are just no boundaries at all. You can't, because everyone's so close together, except eating on the subway. It seems like nobody does that, and that is sacred. Yeah, you should not do that. But, you know, you will, like, then get out of the subway and see, like, literal human shit on the ground or, yep. like, a, a rat will run directly into your foot. Right. Um, yeah, that's New York. Yeah. Why, why the food? Not the food on the train. But, like, yeah, I, I saw I saw somebody pissing onto the tracks. And I was oh, like, yeah. sure. 
Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That, that's a. That, I feel like that's a weekly occurrence. I don't know. I don't ride the train that much. I usually bike everywhere. Right. Because I don't want to see that. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, I also want to mention this uh, kind of at top. You are a purveyor of uh, bathroom art. Yes, I do love a good uh, bathroom style graffiti. Um, I have written a whole hour-long show in which all of the songs, all of the lyrics and all of the songs are taken from bathroom style graffiti that I then have taken pictures of and put them on a projector in time with the lyrics. Right. Um, and people now like regularly DM me or, or will post something and be like, this reminds me of Caitlin Cook. And I'm like, I'm so glad <laughs> a bathroom, someone scrawling on a bathroom reminds right, right. of me. <laughs> um, I, I'm guessing the majority of that is from New York City. Not really. Um, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I started photographing bathroom style graffiti. I wrote my like undergraduate thesis on graffiti because mm -hmm. I studied right. art history. Oh, fine. Um, and I started photographing it, I guess, in Chicago and then New York and then the UK. And now I just, every time I travel and I do one of those songs, someone will tell me a dive bar somewhere where there's good bathroom style graffiti and I'll go there and get some more. Right. right. Um, I guess I, I'd be curious to ask this question. Is there a difference in bathroom graffiti by neighborhood in New York? <laughs> um, yes. I feel like it's ruder in Brooklyn. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Um, but it's also more like creative and artistic in Brooklyn. Like there are some areas of Manhattan, like Chelsea or Soho, where it's just like, we've all seen that one before. Be original. Sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It, it's uh, yeah, it's for the masses and people are just kind of like, you know, taking their cues from what's already popular. I yeah. imagine, let me see how well I know the New York neighborhoods, but I would, would the artistic bathroom graffiti be in like Gowanus and the ruder bathroom graffiti be in Bushwick? Um, I feel like they are both in and of the same. Like it okay. will be ruder and then next to it will be like a beautiful drawn something or something more creative and both in Gowanus and Bushwick though. Good, good, uh, good New York knowledge right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good. The hoods. Uh, I mean, people take their neighborhoods really seriously here in a way that um, L.A. doesn't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, technically, I live in a neighborhood called Oakwood, but nobody cares. And it's like like eight blocks big. Um, so I just tell yeah. people I live near Larchmont. Yeah, I, uh, I grew up in a neighborhood that's technically called in L.A., technically called um, what Beverly Grove. Yep, yep. But I just say it wasn't called that when I was growing up. It didn't have a name. So I just say, you know, I grew up by the Grove or, right. you know, by Jones on third. Yeah, <laughs> <You know? laughs> by jo Jones on third. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that makes more sense. Uh, yeah. I would enjoy but people. Sorry, people take neighborhoods here so seriously that I have to say I, I made up a joke about that. I call my neighborhood Crown Specked Hillsty <laughs> because <laughs> even though it's technically Crown Heights, uh -huh. If I told anyone the cross streets, they'd be like, that's not Crown Heights. That's right. Bed-Stuy. That's Clinton Hill or that's Prospect Heights. I'm on the border right there. So I just made up a name for myself. Right. That's so, so fun. I think Echo Park, Silver Lake and Los Feliz uh, mm -hmm. or Los Feliz um, is basically like 
parallel to Brooklyn and Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, no one uh, has a real good agreement on where those start and end. Yeah, yeah, it's messy. It's real, real messy. And uh, I mean, that's just part of LA. Like, we don't care. Yeah. Because <laughs> we got yeah. space. We have exactly. lots and lots of space. We do not. <laughs> but I love uh, it. Yeah, no, no. I, I think it, it's great. Um, if I had the money to take a car all the time, mm-hmm. um, you know, actually, I was thinking about this. If I had to live here, I think I would uh, get a bike. I think that's probably that's how it. I do it. Yeah. 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 You have a you have a collapsible bike. Yeah, I have a Brompton. So it's great because I can bike places. I can fold it up and have it right next to me. I can right. stick it in the back of a car. If I'm too tired or drunk, I can take it on the subway. It's great. Right. Very versatile. Right. Now, how, like how efficient is a bike versus all the other modes of transportation? And we'll get back to comedy, but this is of genuine <laughs> interest to me because yeah. taking a car doesn't seem any faster than anything else. Sometimes uh, biking is faster than the subway. Sometimes the subway is faster if you don't have to transfer lines. A right. car is usually slower than both options. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, it yeah. might get you to exactly where you need to go, but like, there's mm-hmm. so many zigzag one-way streets here. Yeah, and a lot of traffic. A car is like really only great for two reasons. One, when it's late at night and you don't want to wait 25 minutes for the sea, which is what happened last night. We went down after like at 3 a.m. We were at the uh, cellar mm-hmm. and we went down and we showed up and looked and we were like, ah, let's get a car. And we just got one, went home. Mm-hmm. That's oh, great. That, that's what or, we did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Same thing. Um, or if you're like me and you carry around a lot of instruments right? And you, and you produce a lot of shows where you need those instruments, then a car is very nice. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, fun fact. So me and Caitlin and Sean Patton and TJ, I don't know TJ's last name. What's TJ's last name? Uh, Joe, Joe, Joe Chim. It's TJ Joe ha- Chim. Haitian. Yeah. A, a Haitian comedian, TJ Joe Chim. Um, we were hanging out at the cellar. I think my, one of my first nights here and we tried to split a, a lift <laughs> from the cellar to Brooklyn yes. and we tried to add three stops, so that was too expensive. So they, they, Sean added just one stop. So there's two stops total. And then I would just have to like, try to find my way um, back from wherever we stopped finally. And fun fact, after you guys got dropped off and we ended up at TJ, I ordered a lift and it was, do you want to take a guess at how much it was? I think you told me. It was like $60, right? 67 Ugh, yeah. I'm, I'm upset that the strategy of getting you home as the visitor uh-huh. was not well thought out. And <laughs> I, I just like thought that Sean had it covered, but like we went past your neighborhood and then we were closer to you. And then you went to TJ's even further away from where you were. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It was just like, let's Brooklyn's all Brooklyn. It's fine. But Brooklyn's the biggest borough. So it didn't make any sense. Oh, it is so, so, so big. Yeah. Um, I wonder how long does it take to walk across it? Oh, well, I mean, I don't know quite where the line is between Brooklyn and where it becomes Long Island, but like mm-hmm. it would take a very long time. Right. I don't think it, you know? Oh, what was that? I don't think yeah. I've ever even biked it. 
Oh yeah. I, well, I don't have time to try it this trip, but it, I did, I did end up at uh, Old Man Hustle yesterday mm-hmm. because I was, I went to the wrong one thinking there was the open mic there, but it's in LES. Um, yes. And man, New York is just full of people that like walking drunk, huh? Yep. No, everybody there was like, yeah, I, I, I walk from the Upper West Side down to Williamsburg all the time. Yeah. And you're like, what? Although the other night after two shows at the Soho Playhouse, I walked with my friend across the Williamsburg Bridge. Right. So we walked across Manhattan, across the Williamsburg Bridge. And then I was like, cool, I'm going to bike home from here. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just how I don't know. I don't have that much spare time on my hands in general. And in New York, I mean, I'm visiting. So I think my time is even further. But like. Who just has all this free time here to like just walk willy nilly? I don't know. Sean does it all the time, but that's how he sort of like works through bits. So I guess it's him working. But for me, I'm like, that's why I have a bike. It's faster. I get places I can leave immediately. I'm not, you know, I'm not waiting around. I I, I ain't got no time. Mm hmm. No, Mm -hmm. I ain't got no time. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. (laughs) Um, So you are currently uh, working on a uh, fantastic uh what would you describe it as a solo show or a musical solo show um the way our pr people wanted us to market it was a one-man musical but i would say it's a it's a solo show that it involves music yeah okay yeah although it it involves music quite heavily (laughs) yeah almost exclusively yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah uh it's aj holmes yeah but not right now Mm -hmm. uh I think in its final uh, stretch at the Soho Playhouse. This is the last weekend we're filming it. Oh, very cool. So how how is that? uh, How's that journey been? How how is it like being in this sort of um, behind the curtain capacity? Yeah, um, it's my first time directing. um, And I originally was just sort of brought in as uh, AJ's writing partner who has more experience in comedy since he comes, he comes from the Broadway world. Right. Um, and he was like, can you help me punch up this script? Right. And because then, you guys work together on yeah. Fake Birthday. Yeah. So we have a show that we produce and host together called Fake Birthday, uh, primarily at Littlefield and Gowanus. And it's just like, we write musical comedy together. We do bits together. And then we have on guests and um, we're working on an album together and starting to tour together. Um, so he was like, will you help me punch up my script? And then I realized that there was no script. <laughs> no one had ever <laughs> written any of this down other than like some bullet points. Uh-huh. So um, I started making him a script and like I uh-huh. had the experience of having written two solo shows now and having watched just about every solo show that has ever existed that's been <laughs> at least filmed or in person at you know edinburgh or whatever i, I right. love uh thinking about how those kinds of shows are constructed right. and so i started building him a script and it was like pretty uh loose but starting to come together and my plan was cool i have to go to italy for my best friend's wedding i've given you this template um, uh-huh. even in the sections that aren't fully written out, we know where we need to get to and what points you want to make. Right. Uh, so you do that while I'm gone. Uh-huh. And then we got COVID. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> oh no. Yeah. I, w- we were all vaccinated. We got COVID. I couldn't go to Italy. 
Um, we ended up all quarantining, me, AJ, and our tech, Craig Bundy, our sound designer, um, at AJ's apartment, which also has our recording studio in the basement. And, uh, and we wrote the show while we had COVID. <laughs> so <laughs> then I came on as director because I was then heavily involved. Right. Um, and what, what was that conversation like transitioning from just co-writer slash like I'm putting all of this together? Yeah, the conversation was me being like, I don't think that a solo show should have a co-writer listed as a credit. Right. It just feels weird, but right. I feel heavily involved in the show and I feel like I see the overall vision. What do you think about director or producer? And he was like, I would love for you to come to direct. Right. Um, so from there god i was designed like i was designing lights i was mediating all of these like meetings with pr people and producers and social media teams and costume designers and all of this stuff um and i and i liked it i'm i like directing it was fun right, right. you know it's been fun but it's also been a lot of me managing a lot of people's emotions, <laughs> like uh, uh, mediating conflict and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, like, I'm very proud of this show. Um, I think As you should be. Together... It's very, very good. Thank you. Yeah, I think we put together something um, really unique, something really raw, um, something really honest from AJ's point of view. Right. And, um, and I'm proud of it. I'm a little frustrated that, like, other people have dropped the ball and therefore like we haven't gained as mo much momentum with this run as, as I would have liked. Um, but I'm still really proud of the show that we've made and a lot of people have seen it and, and a lot of people have gotten involved and now we're filming. So that's the next uh, endeavor is, is uh, the, the special, I guess, editing that. And then also the live album that we've been recording throughout this whole run. Awesome. Oh, and it's like a, I mean, so you're recording every perform the audio of every mm -hmm. performance. Yeah. And when I went to the merch table, from my understanding, you were just gonna if people want to order the audio from their specific show, they can. Is that wrong? No, um, no, we're not doing that. So at the merch table, which also, of course, I il I illustrated and designed all the merch. Um, I'm mm -hmm. just, uh, it's, it's too many hats. Um, but, <laughs> but I did have a QR code for the right. album where people could either like donate or sign up for the mailing list and be the first to hear about it when it was going to be released. And it won't take that long because we've been recording every show. It will just be probably the best takes from the whole run right? or the best takes from this upcoming weekend. If we just decide to use the audio, that's going to be used with the, the video special. Right. I mean, it'd be interesting if you use the audio to the show that I went to, because unbeknownst to me and everybody in the audience, AJ's parents were in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, uh, yeah, they came to two shows. Um, they were very sweet. Uh, even though they had their songs about them. Oh my God. Yeah. That was, that's been a whole sort of negotiation, but um, I was so nervous. I'd never met them before. And I was so nervous that they would see what I'd done with the show um, and be like, why, <laughs> why did you, why, why are you making our son so vulnerable on stage? But instead his mom like was like, Oh my God, I feel like I've known you forever. Gave me this big hug and was like, we know that it was you that elevated the show to this point. Thank you so much. We're so grateful for everything you've done for our son. <laughs> I was like, wow, I love it. Love it. Wow. wow. Yeah. What a vote of confidence from his uh, parents. They're so sweet. Lovely people. Absolutely.
Um, I mean, it is, I want to say that it is so like engaging. I, I think it's very mm -hmm. funny. And then there are parts that are very like um, enthralling and how vulnerable it is uh, mm -hmm. that like AJ just sits down at his keyboard and various surrounded by various instruments. And that's pretty much all he does kind of like physically. There's not a lot of like, you know, in so many solo shows, there are all these like set pieces, bless you, mm -hmm. um, that like people kind of move towards in different portions of their solo show. That doesn't really happen. No, we we it, tried to to like, at some point, the artistic director of the theater was like, I'm going to bring in a great, an upright piano and we'll put it on this side and he'll move over there during this part. And we'll have like a sort of a set of his childhood home with all the pictures on the other side. And, and, and we sort of like, played around with the idea um and then the piano that arrived at the theater was broken and we were like cool we're gonna scrap we're just no we're good like uh -huh. there's enough going on and aj yeah is is a very engaging performer and doesn't need to move really no um and i think it actually does serve kind of the ethos of the show because it is i mean like the setup is very bare bones mm -hmm. but i mean that like when he gets to the very um, trying parts for him because he's being so honest in a mm -hmm. way that he's like definitely not the hero of a big part of the story mm -hmm. um, it's just out there to there, there's there's no garnish to it because it's that I honestly it would be distracting yeah I think so too yeah I think it would feel um, disingenuous and that's already like the was like and being a performer and trying to be vulnerable but also yeah reading a script right right so, i mean i think i think know. there's enough sort of showmanship from somebody who goes by broadway's <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah yeah Absolutely. yeah for sure yeah but um uh, yeah i'm very proud of it excited to film it yeah um so I mean, quick mid-show plug. Do you want to tell, because this goes up tomorrow. Do you want to tell oh, people where to get tickets for this final weekend? Yes. Um, you can go to aj-holmes.com, which, again, I built his website. <laughs> 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 Too many hats. Uh -huh. um, you can go there, um, or you can go to tinyurl slash yb N R N. Yeah, but not right now. The initials. Why did that dyslexia? Okay. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, there are still tickets available to the four final shows. There's one Thursday, Friday, Saturday at seven, and then a second show at nine um, at, on Saturday, which I am opening for. Oh, great. And uh, there, there's usually a fantastic comedian uh, yes. opening the show. Yeah, um, it's been really lovely of people to offer. Uh, we've had Gethard, uh, we've had Kat Cohen, um, we've had Darren Chris, um, Dan Soder. It's been really fun. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to hear more about what you specifically been up to for your own comedic pursuits. Uh, mm -hmm. But how about some comedy news? Yes. Uh, 
Okay, here we go. So first on the docket, yeah, you know, there's a guy named Dave Chappelle. He released a special called The Closer. Uh, I believe the fifth of his Netflix specials, maybe sixth, if we're counting 846 as a comedy special, it was marketed as one. Anyways, um, it's called The Closer. It's supposed to be closing essentially this portion of uh, Dave's stand-up career not saying that he's walking away from the game but uh yeah he, he that got released last tuesday october 5th uh my birthday <laughs> um what a weird thing to watch on my birthday um, oh yeah <laughs> yeah and it dave uh gotten uh more hot water than he was already in by spending i would say a good half of his special talking about trans issues and his stance on trans identity uh, namely that he is on team turf and that, you know, uh, he is insistent on sort of biological, like not, not coming around on the idea that gender is a spectrum and kind of sticking <laughs> to like gender assignments. And um, not only did that get a lot of uh, backlash, including from uh, people who run Netflix shows that are trans people, but uh, lots of uh, vitriol from all around um, and uh, uh, people calling for the closer to be taken down. Uh, there was a uh, higher up meeting at Netflix uh, with like Ted Sarandos and um, so I think some staffers at Netflix uh, went to the meeting when they weren't supposed to yeah, that's what I read um, too. Yeah, and uh, were subsequently suspended. As to what that really means, who knows? Because uh, that doesn't seem that's not a real good look either. And um, Sarandos claims that like there's a double standard when it comes to free speech uh, and comedy with the specials that they put out versus like um, the sort of speech that is. Uh, prohibited slash allowed to create a safe working environment at Netflix. Um, you know, it's, I feel like you watched the dark Knight, right? Caitlin, a, a Batman, the yeah. dark Knight. Yeah. 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 And remember how Harvey Dent was like, you either, uh, die a hero or, or live long enough to see yourself become mm -hmm. a villain. Mm -hmm. I'm really surprised that hasn't been used as a meme for Dave yet. <laughs> yeah this um this does not surprise me um none of this is surprising what now why would that be um because netflix was never gonna be like no dave we're like just they him to shoot a special they don't like curate his content for him and no. they were never gonna watch it and be like we're not gonna release it um right and just in general, like I, so I went to, to Dave's ranch last summer um, when I was uh, doing Go Bananas with Sean Patton and Cypher Sounds. Right. And as Cypher has been uh, Chappelle's DJ for a very long time, he was like, let's go to Dave's ranch. And I was like, cool, this is a crazy experience I'll never have again. Right. And, um, and like, it was, it was, very crazy like we ended up at dave's house we watched his letterman they, the 
he had just gotten sent the edit of his Letterman interview. Right. Um, we drank whiskey out of his Grammys. It was wild. Wow. But, uh, <laughs> okay. Talib okay. Ali was there. It was, sure. it was, it was a wild experience. Right. But I, I just like, you can tell when you, when you're in that kind of wild experience because someone is so famous, they are surrounded by yes people. You know, they yeah. are not in they are not in the real world. They are not no. talking to lots of trans people about trans issues. They are yeah. not experiencing the world through a nuanced way. They are experiencing it exactly the way they want to in their own bubble. Right. So this it just didn't it doesn't surprise me. Right. And hanging out and befriending one trans comedian does not mean you understand <laughs> Yes. All the mm -hmm. breadth of trans issues. Exactly. That's one yeah. voice. Yeah. That, so <laughs> I do want to, I haven't seen the special and uh -huh. I dislike reading quotes from specials out of context. Cause like Same. you could, you could say that, um, you could, you know, for me, you could say that once I said that I think white babies are the ugliest babies and I put that in a song and you could take that out of context and sure. like many did after all the Nazis went after me last year. <laughs> but, <laughs> wow. but um right. i did i want to watch the special for context but i i have seen a lot of his specials where god he's such a brilliant comedian and storyteller and i disagree with so many of the things that he says right and and i and comedy is not supposed to be something that i shouldn't agree with everybody that's not the point of it but right. also you know um as someone with a big platform you know it, it, words are dangerous and the more power powerful you are the more dangerous they become so. yeah absolutely and it's it's really strange watching the closer i thought to myself that like all of dave's netflix specials have essentially been in my opinion um a big press conference on how out of touch he is <laughs> Because, like, everything is just, like, in, re like, all all the specials he's done for Netflix have been in response to something. Mm -hmm. um, like, either in his own life or, like, with 846 specifically. I mean, I think he even gets called out by Don Lemon. <laughs> That's how he opens the special. Where he's like, well, where's Dave? And he's like, you know, and they felt like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um... That 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 those specials I think play such a stark contrast to Dave's like stand up before he got Chappelle show, mm -hmm. um, where it was just like Dave's kind of very brilliant observations and you know kind of like you know vignettes of his own life. Now it's just like like you're saying he's so famous mm -hmm. that um, it's. I, he has to do work on his part to like stay connected to like people. Yeah. And even though he lives in a small town in what, Ohio, that's where yeah, the ranch is. Yellow Springs, Ohio. Yeah. Yellow Springs, Ohio. It's, I mean, it's, he still feels disconnected. I you know, and also like a lot of the, a lot of his premises takes or whatever, and not only the closer, but the last few specials, if you're in comedy, you'd know that like, oh, these are like, they two years old. I'm not saying he mm -hmm. like stole them or whatever, but this like people already explored this yeah. and are done with it. And like, to me, he doesn't really like sit and watch a bunch of other comics. Like you would if you're really like an, the, the 
partisan that you should be as the self-proclaimed goat of comedy. Yes. Yeah. That is definitely the title that he's taken on. Um, yeah. It's, it's very interesting to me because I, I watched, not this one, but I watched his, him live. I watched him specials and like, he's such a brilliant storyteller and he's such a brilliant comedian and he's right. he's so engaging but if he didn't have that skill set and was covering these topics it was if it was someone else covering these topics in the same way right you know i it, you know it's just it's kind of hacky or it's kind of old or outdated or whatever so it's just this interesting contrast it's very nuanced right 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 yeah by the way can you hear the kids running in the background no, can you hear the chainsaws? <laughs> no, I can't. Um, there are kids running in the background here and what is very much not a kid place. Um, I don't like kids. <laughs> that is, That's fair. Uh, That's yeah, fair. yeah. Uh, but they're not ruining the podcast. Anyways, <laughs> I hope... So Dave is supposedly... This, he, this is a break and that he even says this in the closer that he's not going to do any more jokes until he feels like we're all laughing um, in the same place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope uh, he takes a lot of time to reflect on just kind of how <sighs> compare, like comparing and arguably like trying to outdo each other's struggles is not the way forward. No, um, I've noticed that about some of his content and about like a lot of people um, lately. It's just it's not apples and oranges and like you, your trauma or your story or your struggles don't negate someone else's. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm, I know that he's starting a club in Yellow Springs, so I'm hoping that that will be like a great platform to like really support up and coming comics and new ideas and like sort of bring um, that uh, like the newness of comedy and people working out what's like really happening in the world to Yellow Springs. Interesting. You know, I wonder, I want, will that mark an oncoming trend? Cause uh, well, Doug Stanhope also lives in a tiny town Mm -hmm. in Arizona called Bisbee. Mm-hmm. and has a makeshift comedy club, I think, in his house mm-hmm. called The Fun House, and he'll just yep. do Andy Andrews shot a special there. Um, and, like, basically, because it's Doug Stanhope, like, the people mm-hmm. of the town just go to the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Joe Rogan is supposedly going to open a club in Austin, bearing mm-hmm. his name. Um, I wonder if more... It, like big time comedians are just like, well, I'm going to have my own club. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Cause it's like a lot of, I've, I've learned this as someone that's producing small amounts of things. It's like a lot of comedians are the most disorganized people and cannot run anything. No. Um, but if you're that read an email can, cannot, can, cannot organize anything. Um, I love organizing things. I love producing events. I love putting things together, but I've realized that that is a rare skill set in this field. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting for, um, people that are famous enough and, and wealthy enough to hire a team to do that for them, right. or that if they have that ambition to like somehow be involved in various levels of involvement. Right. And it's really about like, okay, what's the ethos 
and which is your team going to be able to follow through and like what kind of team are you putting together right right yeah so we'll see We'll see. All right, next news item. The New York Comedy Festival is back in person and full strength this November, uh, specifically November 8th to the 14th, which I believe is a Monday to a Saturday or Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, is it? I think this is like the first time it's like fully back in person since lockdown, right? I think so. Yeah. Um. I, one of my shows that I produce called Good God. I uh, produce it with them. Um, Shane Torres and Tom Dakar is doing a New York Comedy right. Festival show. So right. that's on the ninth at the Sultan Room in Bushwick, and that should right. be fun. Yeah. Yeah. How much? I've always I've been following the New York Comedy Festival. I as long as I. Uh, the bureau's been around from LA, the vantage point of LA. But now, having been here in New York and seeing comedy every night for a week, and then mm-hmm. seeing the announcement, um, it seems like there is some special events. And now, but then there seems like a good contingency of the festival. It's just like, oh, this is like the New York scene, and we're branding this like, oh, this is part of the New York Comedy Festival. Is that true? Yes. I mean, that's how it's my show. It's like we were going to do it anyway. So (laughs) um, it's it's kind of ridiculous. It's a kind of ridiculous festival because New York is a comedy festival year round all the time. Um, Right. But I think one of the things that it said that it brings is, yeah, special events, especially like these one person shows of someone coming from L.A. or someone from New York that hasn't had an opportunity to do that or you know, a couple names that haven't been out uh, out and about in a while. So right. I think that is cool. But yeah, yeah, mostly they just take whatever is happening and they're like, cool, we'll put our little stamp on it. <laughs> yeah, as reflected by the fact that there are no passes for the festival and there are, let's see, did they say that a number? Well, they cover all five boroughs and I bet they probably have somewhere in the neighborhood of like 40 to 50 venues. Mm-hmm. You know, because they yeah. literally just do it all over new york yeah it's just it's just new york with some special events i don't know <laughs> yeah and so part of the lineup uh let me <laughs> run they put this in alphabetical order on the flyer and i don't know why but um you know butter boy which happens every monday at littlefield that's going to mm-hmm. be a part of it mm-hmm. um oh yeah bill mars doing like the hulu theater at madison square garden uh mm-hmm. that's like part of it I think David Cross is like, I think, taping his latest hour as part of the New York Times. Yes. So is um, Sean is opening for that. Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, so I'll be that, there. Awesome. That will be at Littlefield. Jenny Zagrino is also taping her special also at Littlefield. Uh, mm-hmm. That will be great. Um, what else? KFC Radio Live. What is that? Do you know? I don't know. <laughs> And I'm seeing that- some cool um, one-person shows that are happening, like um, Shalewa Sharp's Don't reach show. the flag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Colin Quinn and, and Ari. And Sydney Washington. So some people are doing some of those kind of special one-off shows. Absolutely. Which should be cool. I Probably the most international show in comedy, Stamp Town, is uh, coming <laughs> yeah. back to New York. Merely for the yeah, fact that it, you're going, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I'm, I got invited to do that. I will sadly be in L.A. <laughs> Zach and I just keep switching coasts. Uh-huh. But he's going to do, we're going to do a fake birthday in L.A. for AJ's real birthday. 
Oh, and Zach fun. will be back in LA for that one. So awesome. we just keep doing crossovers. Yeah. You did it once. So there's that. Yeah, I did. I've done it two or three times now. Oh, two or three times? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Zach is, uh, yeah, he doesn't stay in the same place mm-hmm. for more than, I think, a week. Uh, newly hired SNL writers, please don't destroy. Mm-hmm. They're, they're doing the festival. So is SNL's Puffy Johnson. Um, you can go to nycomedyfestival.com to read the entire lineup and schedule of 100 plus shows, 200 plus comedians. Um, if this sounds like I'm getting paid to advertise it, I'm not. <laughs> it's just like a big thing. And in-person comedy festivals, you know, keep getting rescheduled and whatnot. I, I know High Plains mm-hmm. just happened in Denver about a month ago and seemed to go off so without fun. it. It was so fun. Oh, it was? was? Mm-hmm. So was it still just four days and like on Broadway, basically? Yes. So there were three venues, um, three main venues, and then like the big venue for the final show. Um, I did a show every night at one at a different venue every night. And then Sean happened to be part of the festival, but also headlining comedy works. So I went and did a guest spot there. But the fest was really fun, well put together um, and just a blast. I mean, shout out to ACH mm-hmm. and Karen Wachtel and Karen Wachtel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that is the I think that still holds the title of the Cool Kids Comedy Festival since Bridgetown, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, was no more. Yeah, I've, it felt very cool. It felt <laughs> like a lot of cool kids. I felt cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's good. Yeah. Good for confirming that. Mm hmm. Okay, next news item. Um, one of my all-time favorite shows, Better Things, is going to have its fifth season be its final season. Um, I think that is some of the best television, period. Um, I, don't I know have if... not seen it, so I... I need to watch it. It's been recommended to me a couple times, but right. I think things have to be recommended to me by, like, two or three different people that I trust, and you right. are now the third, so uh-huh. I will yeah uh i'm glad you will um it uh i maybe this will help i had previously not watched any of it until lockdown okay yeah i mean i had also heard great things but you know sometimes when a show just builds up in seasons it just seems more intimidating to like dive in mm-hmm. um and the more like i think yeah three uh, a recommendation by three people that's cool. But like when it gets to like Game of Thrones where people just talk about it nonstop, I'm like, you know what? I'm actually going to make a point of never watching it. now. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So but um, that yeah, I think there's some of the funniest moments, some of the most heartbreaking moments in television, thanks to Pamela Adlon, which I think is a testament to her mm-hmm. as a, cre- a creative force. I mean, she had to like Lucy C.K. created uh, co-created that show with her. Yeah. And then they had to sort of like kind of weed him out. Yeah. Yeah. And his voice is very present in the in the seasons that he's involved. Mm. But it's still good. I mean, not, you know, I mean, that's sort of the sad thing about what all happened to him. I mean, this is just a show about a mom and daughters and he has daughters and yet he still did what he did. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Well, I, I will watch it. I will watch it. That, yeah, <laughs> that was the whole goal of sharing that new story. Um, Jeff Gaffigan is going to tape a brand new special. 
um, that will be released later this year. And uh, I, I think the date is uh, TBD as to when it will be released, but I think it's shooting um, this month. Um, cool. Yeah, somewhere in Minnesota, I believe. Uh, Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you think, well, I, I, his last special was about how his wife got brain cancer and survived, right? Mm-hmm. And I did he not talk about food? It's been so long. I'm trying yeah. to like. I don't know. I um, wonder if this is just like an evolution of Jim Gaffigan as an artist that he had its food period, and then just <laughs> yeah. got more personal. You know? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I'm curious to see what this is. I've seen him crop up in lineups around the city a couple times, but I haven't seen him in person do material. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see what comes of it. Um, yeah, nice guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of, you know, big headliners that, I mean, you know, cause of the way the pandemic progressed, like now they're all coming out of the woodwork and wanting mm-hmm. specials. And while you get to see Jim here in the city, that's the same for like Marin in LA. That he's, yeah. He's taping a new hour and he's popping in and around town. And I actually have yet to see it because um, uh, I just been too busy running around. Mm-hmm. But apparently he goes in real hard on Rogan. Ah, that's interesting. Yeah. Right, I'm curious to watch that. Yeah, me too. Me too. Okay, we actually made it through all the news items. Uh, oh, this last one. And then we'll go. I, I'm just, it was a curiosity to me. Um, so there is going to be a, another 70 show spinoff um, called That 90 Show. that was just ordered to series at Netflix why (laughs) yeah i never really watched that 70s show and Mm -hmm. i know that they tried to reboot it at some point as like that 80s show yes and that did go to air and nobody cared yeah so we'll see i doubt that people will care who knows i i don't like this sort of planned schedule nostalgia that we're on now where like you know, oh, the 90s are big right now because the people who have disposable income and are still relatively young uh, are like the children of the 90s. Yeah. And so now we're just being fed all this 90s BS where like, I don't know, I remember the 90s being lame. Yes, I also remember that. And it's also like, I just, there's so many amazing scripts out there that never get made so many amazing ideas that never get made and to just like reboot and reboot and reboot because of the familiarity and built-in audiences like it's right. lazy to me it's a money grab and it right. usually doesn't work right it, it I, I feel like this is such a thing at such a point where like you could almost um differentiate yourself as a network a streaming service a studio a production company if you just said like we're just not going to do ip we're not going to do anything from things that have mm-hmm. IP um, and, yep. and create everything originally. Mm-hmm. Because it's just so, still, after all this time, is so pervasive that you're like, oh, we have to have something that's based off a thing. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. Yeah. Would be and, nice. Would be cool. Yeah. Um, that, <laughs> that said, uh, you know, would you if you had to adapt something from all your comedy into, I don't know, a TV show or a movie, I mean, I know that you 
would probably take the mm-hmm. chance unless you wouldn't i don't know no i would i was working on a pilot um before mm-hmm. this theater run that was like so i my first edinburgh show is called death wish mm-hmm. um and uh i was writing a pilot tv show version of it all of how fleabag was once a one woman show that she did at the edinburgh fringe and then she right. adapted that into the first season of of fleabag the tv show right um so i was kind of doing that <laughs> Right. Cool. Yeah. Um, but like, is there any other th- like your bathroom graffiti solo show? Mm-hmm. Do you visualize that in another medium or anything? Anything else? bathroom graffiti show is still like very new because i only performed it once before the pandemic right so i'm still seeing it as a live show but it could Uh be it could be um i think if i were to film it it would make more sense as like no audience set Mm. in a bathroom right um, which is how the show is on stage but yeah it would be cool to turn it into like a short film or something right or you know it would be fun I just thought of this at the Broad in LA when they opened, they had this interesting exhibit where it was like probably eight different screens that uh, featured footage um, of different band members of a band. And they were all shot at the same time playing mm-hmm. a song together, but you could just wander around the room mm. and like see like that portion of the band in this oh, like old, old house. And so like, I guess it'd be cool to just, like, see you somehow in and around or next to the bathroom art um, in, in like an exhibit, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, at MoMA or something. Yeah, I think that would be really cool. Um, I've been asked to make a coffee table book or like an, uh, like an art exhibition of all of the, the findings that I have at some point. Cause it's, yeah, it's, it's a visual, medium and then i'm also doing the auditory the songs and then you know it's mm-hmm. comedy and it's mm-hmm. li- and it's live and so there's a lot to play with there um that i'm still like trying to figure out how to explore i don't know if i'm taking it to edinburgh this year i don't know I, aj is supposed to direct me doing a run of shows because we are sort of s- switching roles but i don't right. know where that would be right. so i'm still kind of like i'm letting this show wrap up and then i'm turning my attention to to the graffiti show right so i mean like if if we're to think of your um sort of bandwidth as like a pie like <laughs> uh, what are the sections of it and how much takes up each one? Oh, that's a good question um because there are a lot of sections like i would say most of my time is music comedy visual art mm-hmm. um and within that, music sometimes bleeds into comedy, right? Um, obviously. But sometimes I just do, you know, I make albums under the name Candid Bandit, and that's just like singer songwriter indie rock stuff. Sometimes I collaborate with other people, right? Um, and then the comedy stuff is like a lot of the music blending in. But sometimes, you know, it's stand up. Sometimes it's script writing and all of that. And then that all bleeds into visual art. I do 
a lot of design work for comedians. I design merch and uh, and websites, and I also just like love illustrating. And then the right. graffiti shows is like that's a lot of visual stuff as well. And um, and uh, right now, um, I wrote this song recently with AJ, um, based off. I love a found art song or found art comedy. Um, right. Every lyric is something that our friend Emily said in her sleep because she's a prolific sleep talker. Uh huh. And um we started realizing it was funnier to have the lyrics up on the projector because people could really take in how weird how, how weird it and is. I just started like doodling them. Mm-hmm. Sorry, did I break up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, like how weird the things she says are. Right. Um, and then I started doodling because they're very visual things. Like she says, um, at some point she says, you can't kite with frogs. Their arms are small. They'll go flying. Uh-huh. So I wanted to do a little animation of like these frogs trying to kite and going flying. So I'm starting right. to incorporate little animations and little illustrations in that song. And so the pie is, uh, the pie is overflowing with too many right. ingredients. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. And now, and then there's producing and directing, you know, I produce two shows and right. directing this show. So it's a lot. Right. Well, I, I think that's more of what I want to key on. So how much of that pie is like dedicated to your personal like work and mm-hmm. that you like perform versus like what you've been doing with AJ and for other comedians? And do you yeah. like that balance? Um, I typically do. I would say right now it's too much AJ. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I love, I like, he's the best collaborative partner I've ever had. And I love collaborating with people. Um, I want the pie to be a majority of my own stuff. Right. At the same time though, fake birthday is the most fun night of the month. AJ is such an easy person to write with and we just are very silly with each other. And he's an incredible pianist and instrumentalist and everything. So that has been... For the uninitiated, oh no, I'm sorry. For the uninitiated or the people who don't live in New York, what is Fake Birthday? So Fake Birthday is a show that I produce and host with AJ um, at Littlefield and Gowanus. Um, Basically, we write a new song or two for every show. Mm -hmm. It's been going monthly. Um, And then we do like two songs up top and then we bring on comedians and we'll do a song in between every comedian so we've had on like david cross chris gethard um josh johnson emmy blotnick uh we just have on people that we think are really funny and they'll do you know 10 8 8 to 10 10 to 12 minutes we do another song and we'll bring someone else up um so we've had some really amazing guests um we've had our friend jamie who was the drummer for dear evan hansen on broadway and then the movie join us uh when he's in town to drum uh and um we eventually will probably grow that out to be a full house band which will be really fun um but i love like our audience is so great they are a a hybrid like comedy nerd and theater nerd audience (laughs) and they're so supportive and they're so just like happy to be there and i love them so much right that is fun and it is I'm glad you made that distinction because it's always fascinating to me that there are stage productions that are labeled as comedy, but that doesn't really seem to be corralled within stand-up sketch and improv. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, this is, 
there are stand-up elements because it's our guests, but like we're not stand-ups. I struggle with calling myself. I wouldn't call myself a stand-up, you know. Like yeah. um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm I I'm a musical comedian. I'm right. a comedian. I'm a musician. Right. Um, yeah. So it's I I love living in that in-between world. I love bringing on people to to do the show. Like on Fake Birthday, we've had. You know, Martin Urbano, Dylan Adler, Matteo Lane. We and we did musical improv with Matteo. We just made up a song on the spot. Um, oh, that's fun. We've had Dave Hill bring his like electric guitar. We've had Marshall Belsky. Yeah. Like we really like to highlight people that are kind of skating those lines too and playing around. Right. It's really fun. Right. I went on a night that Taylor Tomlinson was the guest. And she was like, oh, this is really great to be on a show with somebody who actually has talent. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, she's which is so wild for her to say because she's fucking amazing and she's such a great joke writer. <laughs> right, so right, funny. right. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's yeah. on brand for her. It's on brand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, is there anything that you're looking forward to, like like shifting your time towards, like specifically that you haven't already mentioned, or myself? <laughs> um, uh-huh. Yes. Um, yeah. I am looking forward. We're doing two fake birthdays, um, one at Littlefield um, on uh, October 20th, and then one at City Winery to get those Manhattan people um, uh-huh. on the 23rd. Right. Um, and then I'm doing a. And I think join Kyle Kinane for a show or two in November, and that will be nice because that will just be me solo on stage. Um, but I'm oh, also you broke up a little forward. bit. What was that before? Uh, um, after City Winery? Um, yeah, so I'm going to go on tour with Sean Patton. Um, and I think we're joining Kyle Kinane for a show or two oh, yeah. in November. And I'm looking forward to that because that'll just be me alone on stage doing my thing. Right. Um, but I'm also, you know, building um, an album with AJ and I'm uh, starting a recording studio. Um, so there's a lot of things in the mix that I'm very excited to like delve into now that this yeah, but not right now project is starting to slowly wrap up. Right. Um, this may be like a, like a sort of, um, big sort of a hard question to tangle with, but I wonder mm-hmm. like with all those projects that you're looking forward to taking on, where do you think that fits into New York comedy? I mean, you just mentioned that you're going to do fake birthday at City Winery and that it's for those Manhattan people. I mean, like, I don't even really think of comedy in L.A. kind of like that. I mean, yeah, the further east you get and versus Santa Monica, there's differences, but you have a car. Yeah, I mean, we you do. But um, the last song me and AJ wrote for fake birthday was called Just Take the Train. Uh-huh. And like, it is just one joke that we keep going in on which is like just take the train it's 275 there are lots of different trains like there's the ac train and the and the two three train Mm -hmm. and like the lyrics just keep going and going because people from manhattan refuse to come to brooklyn yeah like there's some people that are just so pretentious about it they refuse um so city winery has been great um i've done a couple comedy shows there and they are putting us um they're having us 
they have a bunch of different venues around the East Coast. Um, so we're doing in January, me and AJ are doing fake birthday at their Boston location, their DC location, their Philly location, and then another one back in New York. So this is our first one with them uh, here. And I just uh, got Dulce Sloan to agree to be on the lineup. So that'll be fun. Um, but yeah, there's a weird split where it's different audiences. Like it will be different from our little field Brooklyn audience. Right. right. Yeah. Where, where I feel like in LA, it's not even by neighborhood necessarily, mm-hmm. as opposed to like who is on the show. Yeah. Like with the the lineup, you know, if it's a bunch of like people that are, um, shall we say, very clubby, mm-hmm. not to you know further those divisions, um, you know, that will attract a different audience than like Hot Tub with Kurt and Kristen. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm trying to keep the lineups that we're booking still just like people that we like, right? Um, people that are in our vein, right. um, people that we think are really funny. Um, but it's, it's interesting because there are some comics that will not come to Brooklyn because they live in Manhattan. They do all these shows in Manhattan. So I'm like, okay, well, I will, I will book a venue in Manhattan and we'll get you on there. <laughs> That's so funny. I think in L.A. it's a time thing. Like Maria Bamford in L.A., I don't think she'll do a show past eight. That's so funny, man. (laughs) I think Sean's spot last night was like 2.15 or like two (laughs) nights ago. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Maria doesn't have to do that anymore. No, no, she doesn't. (laughs) I love that she, she doesn't when she tours, she doesn't do Fridays and Saturdays. Yeah. She doesn't like those crowds. And I get it. They're drunk assholes a lot of the time. <laughs> I don't like them either. I love Maria so much. I, I'd be curious to, I, I, I bet some other comedians have done this, but Maria's just like, there have been times when she tours where she would switch like to be the feature, even though she's headlining with her best friend, J- Jackie Cation. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever heard of anybody doing that. I love that. That's yeah. so funny. She's amazing. I love Jackie too. Um, yeah, I think she's coming to the Bell House at some time in like November, December. So I gotta yeah. go catch her show. Oh, you gotta. It's great. Also, Maria might be the only comedian in history who just like will run her hour to a fan at a yes. diner. At a yeah, at a coffee shop or like yeah. And we'll buy th- and buy them lunch, which is like yeah. they would you know they would pay like a lot of money to do that and yet she will just do it for free yeah and she's like this is how i workshop shit it's so great no one does that when i met her i've only met her once i met her at the meltdown r.i.p the meltdown uh yeah. and I was, I was nervous to meet her because i was such a, a fan and she's such a character and right. i didn't want her to be a normal person right and then she wasn't you know, yeah. then she was just like so giddy. She'd just gotten married. She told me all about her wedding, and it was just like <laughs> so adorable. I just to, love to shout out to Scar- Scott Marvel Cassidy, <laughs> yeah. that guy. What a fun yeah. weirdo! Fun weirdo. Yeah, yeah. I feel like for you guys here in New York, that's like Janine. Janine Garofalo is Janine like- is a fun weirdo too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw her at Caveat last week, and um, she walked she did like this lap that involved going off stage around the audience and back on stage then off stage probably like 20 times oh my god 
as she was just like going, you know how Janine does sets where it's almost like I'm not going to get it to anything. That's the point. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she has some joke about like how she would be better at filibustering than at stand up. Yeah. She just goes and goes and goes. And she's like that offstage too in the green room. Like she's just, she's a talker and she's and so interesting to talk to. Right. Yeah. I, I, you know, set list, right? The improvised stand up oh, show. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I don't think Janine's done it, but I I think it's like the perfect thing for her. She should absolutely do it if she hasn't. That, w- that would be perfect. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the switching of the topic. So, oh, right. We're moving on. OK. Yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so. I, I mean, I, I would like to know a little bit more of what you think uh, of how New York comedy is, you know, it technically everything's open, mm-hmm. but I mean, it, it, there's still a strangeness to the time, you know? Yeah. And I would say like ticket sales are weird right now. How They're so? really weird. Um, people are not buying as much in advance. They're okay. buying day of. Um, a lot of times shows that are selling out 30 to 40% of ticket holders will not show up interesting um and and there's like no refund they'll just it's like sunk they don't ask for a refund for the most part like some venues would give it i think but they don't even ask um i was talking to a couple people who this is happening at the bell house this happened at littlefield um it's i think people are scared right now but i think they want to keep participating in things i also think people are really fatigued from the summer of going Mm. really hard um and I, it's weird for me because my perspective is I'm not, I'm not scared because I feel invincible because I got COVID <laughs> and <laughs> I still have those antibodies. Um, so I'm just like, what's the problem? Just, you know, whatever. Um, right, but I know right. that that is not the mindset of most people. And I know that, you know, fall is here and I'm hoping that things won't shut down like they did last winter. Right. Um, but yeah, it feels like, it feels like a lot of fatigue like just exhaustion of, of, of having to navigate the pandemic feels like a lot of people are trying to do cool new things, right. but a lot of venues have shut down. We don't know what's, you know, what's open no. and what the policy is everywhere. And uh, it just feels very tenuous. I think. Doesn't New York's proof of vaccine mandate make things a little easier? Yeah, it does. Um, I mean, at the same time though, I was vaccinated <laughs> and got COVID. Um, but yeah, I, it does give people more peace of mind. Um, and then there are a lot of venues that, you know, you have to show proof of vax and then you, you are masked while you sit mm-hmm. and watch, which I don't love because it muffles the laughter, but you know, if it makes people feel safer, then fine. <laughs> sure. And I could say, I mean, like LA is about to get one of the a mandate like that. Um, but there are venues that are already stepped up and like Largo they're, they're, probably one of the strictest because like mm-hmm. you have you have to show proof of vaccination mm-hmm. and not only do you have to stay masked but like my bandana doesn't count like they're like oh wow they'll like offer me a mask okay yeah that's good yeah. to hear i love i love the largo yeah yeah and so uh yeah you just uh you're you're <laughs> there with everybody masked and i mean it is like what's interesting i saw um i was at largo mm-hmm. i saw jenna friedman go up Mm-hmm. And she commented after one of her jokes that like, oh, right, the vaccination audience, vaccinated audiences are smarter. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, in a way, yeah. I mean, it really weeds out people who, who like, are just being dumb about things. Mm-hmm. That is very true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's a crowd. It's interesting because it's like smaller crowds mm-hmm. in general across the board, but they really want to be there. Right. They're really happy crowds. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it was so. interesting. The other, where, where was I at? No, I was just at like um, the stand. Mm-hmm. And I saw like probably, I think it was in the two thirds of the way of the show being done. 10 people fall out and like, oh, I guess they're leaving. And they all came back. Huh. I guess they just wanted to like go to the bathroom or something. I But I, to that point, I feel like, yeah, people, people I've been hearing both comedy like performers and people that just go to shows a lot, they, they don't want to do another lockdown. They're like, if we're ordered, we're there, they're just not going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's the vibe across the board, which is like, no, <laughs> we're right. tired. We're done. <laughs> which is like, not great. Not the healthiest choice, but sort no. of like maybe the healthiest mentally for right. us right now. Right. Um, as someone who would try to stay cautious and was vac- you know, vaccinated and sorry that you had a breakthrough case. Yeah. Um, do you, I mean, I think you probably know just like I do people who weren't cautious at all and you just see them in and around the scene. Do you like hold animosity towards that or is it just, uh, have you let that go? I wonder, I'm curious. Um, I think I used to right at the beginning when I was like, uh, thought that the systems in place would enforce a real true lockdown and that we would sort of beat this. I guess I didn't think that that would happen, but I thought maybe mm-hmm. that there would be more consistency across the board. Um, right. And I really uh, was resentful of people that just like f- sort of flouted all of those. Um, right. But now I'm just like, whatever you do you (laughs) (laughs) we're all just trying to get through this and i have a little less respect for you but whatever it doesn't affect me right right yeah yeah as long as they're not a hardcore anti-vaxxer um that's that's different yeah i mean that's frustrating too it's like i'm not gonna tour through those kind of states no where the venues don't require proof of vax and oh you, you you're on team Patton oswalt Versus Team Jim Brewer. Yes, <laughs> always, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah, pandemic or otherwise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's sort of uh, where my head's at. But I haven't been touring all that much lately, anyway. So yeah, I'll get to do that a bit in November and a bit in January, but in December. Yeah. In your estimation, uh, and what we're wrapping up here, uh, mm-hmm. would you say that New York comedy is fully back? Or is it, it's just different? I'm... It's just different. Okay. Like it's definitely back, but fully is an interesting word because like I've just seen so many half full rooms. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it's back. Like I think for the most part, I mean, we're seeing these bigger names do these specials and shows. We're seeing um, most comedians have either moved back if they left or like are now back out and about doing shows. Um the cellar now has four rooms, mm-hmm. you know, um, like it's definitely back. It's just different now. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's the that's just the vibe we get because we're definitely not. I mean, back in LA. Yeah. They. Uh, I saw a long form improv at a dive bar, which is fascinating. Well, and they they tried to like mic the stage, mm-hmm. like you know how they have choir mics. Yeah. But they didn't hang it from the rafters. They used mic stands, and oh, that no. didn't do anything. Oh no. Yeah. And I actually did see, it was interesting. It was so packed at Silver Lake Lounge. Holy shit, improv. It's fun. It's really fun. Go again. I think it's like second floor. That's where fake birthday is going to be. Yeah. On Uh, on November 14th. Definitely go check that out if you're in LA. Um, I was standing next to a couple and everybody was masked, but we were literally shoulder to shoulder. Mm -hmm. Um, I saw a couple kind of like debate and I couldn't really make out what they were saying, but um, they left. And it did seem like they were getting oh. anxious from like so many people being huh. like, even even though we're all you had to show proof of vaccination and everybody was masked. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. It's very different vibe from New York. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because yeah, I mean, we you guys had it really bad when it started, and then for some reason yeah. it seemed like why is this not happening in LA? Maybe because we're outside and we got space, and then we well people didn't take it seriously for so long and that's why it got that yeah yeah but uh yeah no it's really splintered a lot of people were for months now i've been running into people who are like this is my first show back and i'm like oh i've been going to show seven nights a week for like four months now yeah we started the first good god back in april wow yeah yeah that's that's close to when i started going back after shows Mm -hmm. i was like doing outdoor stuff and then it's really vaccinated yeah yeah wild what a year yeah that's one way of saying it oh my <laughs> god i uh wait. you know i don't think older generations could ever ever even come close to thinking that we haven't been through anything oh my god yeah my mom was saying something about millennials being entitled the other day and i was like i can't get into this the bo- entitled to what <laughs> yeah you know can't i mean yeah, th- this weird sort of brain-breaking time where, like, things ha- are as technologically advanced as they've ever been, and yet we're so we're still struggling so much. So much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have a, yeah. one of my closest friends is, like, um, older in age uh, mm-hmm. uh, by several decades for me, and she... Um, she doesn't know how like people our age are making it through this time. Yeah. Uh, it's tough. <laughs> it's really tough, but man, I just like, I keep trying to be grateful, keep practicing gratitude. And like, I, I am really grateful for like, again, I have to be like, this is fun. And I like this uh-huh. <laughs> like right. practicing gratitude and like, and looking at my life and being like, I so glad I'm in New York. I'm directing an off Broadway musical. <laughs> like I am producing shows. I have such a great community around me that I've built and worked really hard to build. And I'm really, really grateful for this life that I'm leading not to be cheesy or earnest, but just like, I kind of have to embrace the cheese and the earnestness now. I used sure. to be, you know, a cynical comic. <laughs> right. And now I'm like, well, 
we saw a pandemic. So I'm just going to, I'm going to be cheesy and earnest when I can't be. Yeah. People that wield and deal in irony, I'm seeing go on stage these days and they, they're like, you know, I could do material, but I just don't want to. Yeah. And I'm just going to, does somebody have a suggestion? <laughs> it's, it's been really interesting. Yeah. 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 It's definitely changed a lot of people's uh, stage personas or like the things that they really want to talk about and focus on and what's, what's important. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then other people who haven't changed, you're like, oh my God, do you, you just, you didn't grow at all. Did you? <laughs> what were you doing that. with your time? What were you doing? No. Yeah. Um, this has been so fun. Thank you so much for joining me. Caitlin. Oh my God. Thank you for having me. This was a blast. Absolutely. Um, where can people find you online? Is there anything else you'd like to promote? Um, I am the Caitlin Cook. Caitlin is spelled the Irish way, not the stripper way. That's C-A-I-T-L-I-N. Uh-huh. Cook, C-O-K. Um, I'm on that, uh, as that handle on every platform except for TikTok, in which I am, hey, it's Caitlin Cook, because right. they deleted my first account for no reason. <laughs> oh, TikTok. Oh, TikTok. But yeah, come oh, to Fake Birthdays. Check it out. That's the only thing I want to plug, other than the show this weekend, you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, and what are those dates for fake birthday again in LA and New York? So we have one in Brooklyn at Littlefield, 1020. Then one at City Winery in Manhattan, 1023. Then back to Littlefield, 11-2. And then in LA, 1114. Um, at Silver Lake Lounge. At Silver Lake Lounge. And it's Which AJ's is- real birthday. So we're doing fake birthday, real birthday. Yes. Uh, that that would be that would be very very fun. And Silver Lake Lounge, guys, is very easy to get to, so you have no excuse. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty pumped about that one. Right. Um, the lineup will be released soon, but I'm. Well, say again, you broke up. Just, oh no, we're, I was we're just saying. Like a... No, I was just saying that uh, that I'm confirming some fun people for the lineup, so come to right. that one in LA. Right. No, we we got fun people in L.A. Yeah. Very fun fu- people that I never get to book. So I'm excited. Yeah. It was funny. I was just at a show last week here in New York and somebody was perpetuating this fucking long held myth that L.A. comics bomb here in New York. And they were saying that as an L.A. comic in town was on stage doing just fine. <laughs> Who was doing just fine on stage? Uh, Robert Schultz. Oh, nice. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. It's, what, what are you, what are you talking about? There's plenty of funny people that live in LA. Absolutely. They perform, I mean, that maybe not as regularly as you guys, but you know, we're getting there. Yeah. Also, a lot of the people in LA used to live in New York and did just fine then too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Stop with the divisions, guys. Yeah. We're yeah. done with divisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm Jake Kroger. I create the Comedy Bureau. You can find the Comedy Bureau at thecomedybureau.com, at the Comedy Bureau across socials. Uh, I'm uh, at not the supermarket on Instagram and at MFJ Kroger on Twitter. There are so many great causes of support at this time, and I ask if you support those. That would be great. If you have money and generosity left over after that, please support the Comedy Bureau because it's turning 11 this month, and I'm still running it all in my lonesome, and that would be great. There's a Patreon. There's a GoFundMe. There's Venmo. That's all in the show notes. Um, do you have anything to say as we sign off here, Kate? Um, support the Comedy Bureau. 11 years. That's incredible. 
Uh, it's just an awesome organization that you one a one man show of your own. <laughs> yes, it is. It is a solo show organization. Yeah. Yep. So hey. support the comedy bureau. Support live uh, comedy. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and as the great Brody Stevens would say, oh, before I say, I'm messing up my own outro. Uh, live comedy is still happening, guys. Please go support it. Go out and see it. It's all, all wonderful. And a lot of times, there's still live streams of live shows. Um, uh, it's specifically like the comedy store is live streaming a lot of their stuff now. Oh, amazing. Yeah, through a thing called Mink Comedy. So I guess there's like, they figured out. Oh, yeah, the seller does that sometimes too. Yeah, some, the workaround for the security issue. Um, but yeah, go support it. And as the great Brody Stevens would say, Enjoy it! The Comedy Bureau Field Report is recorded, produced, and edited by Jake Kroger. Music by Brian Guineo. Artwork by Andrew Delman and KT. And part of the Believe Podcast family. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.